Welcome to uh, episode 111 of the Culture Bucket podcast. Nine episodes to go until episode 120. Um, cannot wait. Um, today, well, we're going to be doing our usual thing of having two good, great best friends talk all things popular culture, as always happens on the university's most favourite podcast. Yes. Uh, but today we're doing a special review of the first season of one of our favourite TV shows of recent years, uh, The Bear. The Bear. The Bear, almost perfect television we're going to discuss because the second season has just hit the airwaves in America, is about to hit the airwaves in the UK and the rest of the world uh, in mid-July. So what better time than now to go back and discuss um, the new one, the the first one, the original one. Why are they not releasing it at the same time? Who knows? It's annoying. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, I've, there's been it's, it, films tend to be really good nowadays at coming out broadly at the same time. Yeah. But TV shows can still be like Poker Face. I talked about a couple of weeks ago. We had to wait so long for that, and yeah. they didn't even say. At least with the bear, they've said when it's going to come out. Like with Poker Face, they were just like, "Oh, at some point." And yeah. So it's annoying, but you know, we'll 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 get it. We'll get there. Hmm. Um, but today we're going to talk about season one, and I'm not alone. I'm George, and I'm with my co-host, who's Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. Hi. How are you today? Very excited talking about the bear. I'm very excited to watch the second season. Uh, unfortunately, the mm. internet is spoiling stuff, which is annoying me. Uh, I'm. I don't do social media anymore, so I have avoided. Yes. Spoilers. Terrible. Which I'm pleased for. Good. But yeah, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm. I'm good, thank you. Um. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'll be even better once I've asked our audience to go and rate and review us on all platforms that they can. <laughs> what? Such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc. Um, and if they want to talk to us or discuss things with us or even buy us a coffee, I'd love for them to go to the show notes to find the link to our link tree where they can find links to all those things. That'd be great. Please That'd go be awesome. Um, but Karen, listening to this episode, of course. Shall we get into it? Yes, definitely. Have you got yes, any interesting... Good. Fun facts about the bear. Well, I do have some fun facts about the bear. We'll start with a let's start with a little intro about the bear. Yes. Uh, the bear is a um, sitcom, um, or comedy. It's less of a sitcom. It's a comedy drama made by uh, FX in America. Mm. Uh, created by Christopher Storer. Didn't find many details on his Wikipedia page, but he seems to have originally have a background in sort of producing and directing stand-up comedy specials. He's worked with people like Bo Burnham, Chris mm-hmm. Rock. He was a producer on Bo Burnham's film Eighth Grade, which is very good. Um, but this, The Bear, seems to be his first sort of full-on, this is his project, writer, director, etc. Um, and it would be, it's, I'll, I'll read the little description of the show from, uh, I think it was IMDb. A young chef from the world of fine dining comes home to Chicago to run his family's Italian beef sandwich shop after the suicide of his older brother who left behind debts, a rundown kitchen and an unruly staff. Yes. Yes. Um, The interior of the shop, this is a fun fact for you, the interior of the shop is based on a real sandwich shop in Chicago called Mr. Beef. 
Yeah, the staff of which uh, Christopher Storer is friends with. And oh. I think the whole show is kind of inspired by that show. Interesting. Uh, that show. That, that show, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That show. Uh, some other fun facts. I found some of these on IMDb. Okay. Uh, actually, before we do any more fun facts, let's talk about the characters a little bit because that will make the fun facts make more sense. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Characters. Let's talk about characters. This is a, There's a lot of characters in this show. Don't you just know it. Our lead character, Carmen Bazzato, known as Carmi to his friends, um, Which is, is weird, because I only found out now that it's Carmen, and Carmen is not... It will have to be like Carmine or Carmelo, so it's weird. That his name is Carmen. Carmen is a female so, name. Is that, is well, that, is these are it, Italian-Americans for you. <laughs> um, yes. He, uh, he's an award-winning New York City chef, da, da, da. he's returned to his hometown to run his late brother Michael's failing restaurant, played by Jeremy Allen White, um, who previously has pretty much just done the American version of Shameless. Yes. Uh, he did it for like 11 years, and I wow. read once and he said that he he felt like he wasn't an actor anymore by the time that finished, because he'd just played this one character for mm. so long, he didn't know that he could do anything else, but obviously he can, because he's freaking so good. incredible so in, good. The, in the bet. Yeah. We've then got a guy who's one of those actors <laughs> who seems to have suddenly started showing up yeah. in loads of stuff right around the time The Bear came out. He was in um, uh, Andor, the really wonderful Star Wars show mm. on Disney+. Plus. Uh, he popped up in No Hard Feelings that I yeah. talked about last week. Uh, Ebon Moss Bacharak, not Bacharak, Ebon Moss Bacharak plays Richard Richie Jeremovich, yes. who is the uh, manager of the restaurant and the best friend of uh, Kami's brother, Michael. <sighs> And a very um, difficult character to bear to yeah. to have patience for. Yeah, very much so. Um, a a a tour de force performance though from yeah. Ebon Mas Backrack, I think. Um, because Richie is tough to like. Yes. Um, but n- you can't really look away from him, and he just yeah. is a force of nature, right? Tough and to so. like, but then once you love him, it's easy. It's very difficult to not to stop loving him. Yeah, but I do stop loving him a little bit at times because of how cruel he is to our next character, who yes. I love even more. Sydney Adamu, mm-hmm. um, the, who joins in the first episode as the new sh- sous chef of uh, of the beef, yeah. uh, played by, again, another up-and-comer who's turning up a lot of stuff since uh, Appearing in the Bear, Ayo Edabiri. Yes. Um, wonderful. She's in Bottoms, soon to be released, trailer for that we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, she pops up briefly in the third season of I Think You Should Leave. Okay. Um, she's very briefly in um, uh, the first episode of uh, Black Mirror, the new season of Black mm-hmm. Mirror that I talked about last week. Joan is awful. Um, she's, a, she's a talent. She's very, very good. Um, yeah. And her, her character is kind of, you know, if you view most fiction through the lens of Sherlock Holmes in terms of the main character being this slightly unknowable genius, mm. Carmi or Sherlock, yeah. Uh, Sydney is our as our Doctor Watson, <laughs> our audience surrogate who were introduced yeah. to in the first episode, and we see this world through her eyes as a newcomer to the restaurant. Yeah, Mister um, Beef, uh, Mister Beef, the Beef. She's 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 great. She's great. She's great. Um, yeah. Smaller characters are uh, Marcus, the pastry chef, uh, played yeah. by Lionel Boyce. Uh, Tina, the line cook, played by Lisa Colonzias, who's mm-hmm. wonderful, uh, as is Lionel Boyce, to be fair. Um, Abby Elliott plays uh, Natalie Sugar Bazzato, Carmi and Michael's sister, mm-hmm. who co-owns the beef, reluctantly so. Um, and uh, there's, there's, there's a few other characters that come and go from the orbit, but that's kind of your main, um, your main list of people, yes. would you say? 
Yeah, there's uh, Ibrahim. Not... There's uh, Ibrahim, who is uh, he's always kind of coming around at the wrong time in 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 the in the restaurant. He's the one that kind of, uh, I think he does the cleaning. He cleans the plates, mm. and I quite like because he just po- you forget about him. Then he pops up and he says something, and it's quite deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. Actually. Played by Edwin Lee Gibson. Um, yes, and you've also got. Um... Matthew Matheson plays uh, Neil, their handyman, who sort of uh, pops in and out. Yeah, and he wants to be part of the team. Yeah, he really wants to be part of the team, but he doesn't really uh, uh, get there. But I think think he'll have a bigger role in season two, we'll see. And then you've got like Oliver Platt um, as like a sort of someone who the restaurant owes a lot of money to. Yeah. um, uh, And kind of helps to push the story forward in various episodes. And it's always fun to see Oliver Platt uh, doing his thing. Um, And I, I... accidentally spoiled myself slightly looking this stuff up from this season and saw the guest cast list for the second uh, season. There are some big names coming up in that second season, so I can't wait to see that. Um, but I won't spoil any of them here. Um, so we'll go into a little bit more trivia because we've, we've discussed some of the characters now. Mm. Um, and stuff like Jeremy Allen White, who plays Carmi, went to cooking school for two weeks um, and worked in the kitchen multiple restaurants, including the Michelin star-rated Pajoli, to train for the show. Um, ah, did he? Which, yeah, which kind of adds to what I, one of the things I love about the bear is that it feels so real. Mm. Like when I called it a sitcom at the start of the episode, I walked it back slightly because it doesn't feel like Parks and Recreation or The Office no. or something. It feels like feels feels like a piece of Scorsese cinema from the seventies. Mm. Like it feels very real and gritty. The camera is constantly in there. Yeah. These tight, confined spaces. It doesn't feel like a set with an audience watching. You know, you you are stuck in this tiny little mm. kitchen uh, with these people, which makes sense for the the genre working in of this uh, cooking chef uh, world. Um, yeah, so that makes sense, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, and also, this is interesting, and I didn't realise this. Did you know that no hand doubles were used? Oh. So oh. when you see food being chopped and prepared, it's being done by the actors for oh, real. Oh, that's amazing. Because food is one yeah, of the... Yeah, it all adds... The food is one of the characters in this show. Definitely. Mm. That's definitely... And it definitely makes it... It adds to the yeah. authenticity of the show. You feel like you're in a real place by, you know knowing that these people are really doing this. And this is a, another good one. We just talked about uh, Matty Matheson, mm. the handyman. He he is a professional chef in real life. Is he? Yes. Amazing. But we never, you don't ever see him. He's obviously, he's not a chef in the show, so no. you don't actually see him cooking, but he's the one that's actually, maybe they had him around to be a bit of a consultant and that's kind of yeah. why he pops up occasionally because he'll be there to like help them maybe. Um uh, 773, Carmi's got a 773 tattoo and that's the area code for Chicago. Okay. Slightly, slightly less interesting bit of trivia for you there, but I've got an exciting one here. I've, I really enjoyed reading this. Um, we're going to talk more about episode seven, I imagine, because episode seven yes. is <laughs> incredible. But yeah. e- episode seven is the first episode that actually opens with an opening credit sequence. Mm. Um, and uh, apparently Christopher Storer, who did, created it and directed it, said uh, that it felt like that episode, episode seven, arrived at a new starting point, almost like, we had been watching a prologue and we're now moving into the actual show as if episodes uh, one to six were like a prologue. Yeah. And episode seven is where it truly begins, which kind of... Makes sense. I kind of get that. Yeah. It kind of sets up the whole first season as a prologue for season two, which makes sense because yeah. the show is called The Bear. Yeah. And spoilers for season one here, The Bear is not... The Bear is the final shot of season one. Yeah. Is The Bear coming soon. So it is It is sort of a, a prologue to everything Wow. Else. Mm. Yeah. 
And then this is one I wanted to run by you uh, as, a, as our re- resident Italian. Um, again, talking about episode seven. Yeah. It says here on IMDb. And sometimes I think people put stuff on IMDb and, and, and mm. they just want to write something. They've made it up. You can tell me how, whether you even know what this is and if you think it's accurate. In episode seven, when Sydney accidentally wounds Richie with her chef knife, do you remember yeah. he, he, she stabs him in the bottom? Yeah. This is likely a reference to Italian cultural history, specifically the medieval and still occasionally practised act of, and it says here, it's P-U-N-C-I-C-A-T-E. What, one more time. P? P. I'm going to write it in the chat. Yes, please. <coughs> you, you can tell me how this word is pronounced. Puncicate. Punchicate, okay. which is apparently means to insult an ad- enemy by stabbing them in the buttock. Um, and apparently that is that is Italian cultural history, right? There. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did not know about it. You uh, don't do that in school. That's not one of your primary school lessons. Is about is the art of punchicate. Uh, it's it's like ah. Uh, it's not really a word. Like it's in it's in the Roman um dialect. It says here. Mm. I never heard this word before. But then in the New York Times it says the practice uh it says the practice has its own slang name in the local Roman dialect is is from Rome. And oh. it's um <laughs> it's Italian slang for ter- an Italian slang term for buttock stabbing. Usually associated with soccer fans in Rome, so it's 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 a it's a local word. It's a local colloquialism, yeah. like that word that means uh, an old man standing at the yeah, side of someone doing something and going commenting on. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that's Bolognese slang, yeah. supposedly. Yeah, that, that yeah, you can talk about <laughs> yeah. good stuff. Yeah, because um, they don't really have. Do you have dialects in in England? There are some kind of like words. We've got we've got. Accents. You've got uh, accents. No, we do have dialects. Like yeah. duck. Areas where people call you duck and stuff. No, we 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 do. Yeah. Um we definitely do. Mm. Um but I don't know if there's anywhere that has a phrase that means to, to stab someone in the bottom. <laughs> um Punchica. but yeah, so that's fun. Nice. Uh so, so. And then the last bit of trivia I've got here is that just a little mention of the fact that at the end of episode one, Carmi starts to open a can of tomato sauce. Uh, and but he throws it away before fully opening it, foreshadowing the end of the season, where we realise that he probably just threw away several thousand dollars. Yes. So that's exciting. Uh, exciting. If you watch, if you rewatch it in episode one, you can see that moment where he uh, almost um, makes the whole first season uh, pointless, but yeah, sadly he throws that away. Um, cool. Cool. So. What do you want to talk about next? Would you like to talk about specific episodes or would you like to discuss the music? Uh, it's up to you. What do you want to start first? Let's let's go for a couple of episodes. Yes. Uh, episode one is where we meet everyone. Yeah. And we get to know the restaurant. Um, and he hires Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode I love, and I'm immediately going to start talking about music actually. What I love about this episode is um, when we see them getting ready for the day, um, the song New Noise by Refused begins to play, yeah. which is a, an incredible punk song uh, and one that I hadn't heard in years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just completely gets you into the into the zone of what's going on. Like it yeah. works so well for this high t- 
tension, high energy world of like, um, and it immediately just for me it grabbed me and drew me in mm. straight away. Um, and it kind of leaves you constantly feeling like you're trying to catch up because they're just they don't they have no calm, they have no qualms in this episode about like just throwing out uh, vocab that's very very much like kitchen cuisine yeah. vocab like discussing who's going to do family she's going to do family yeah and you just have to intuit that that means she's making the meal for them to alter yeah. before service starts yeah um and you do because the, the show trusts its audience to mm. be smart and again something else that seems to come from the 1970s uh feel of filmmaking is trusting the audience a little bit more to keep up with what's going on mm. um and not be spoon-fed and it works again in, in its favor here so a great first episode do you have yeah. any Recollections of episode one. Uh, recollection of episode one. I'm glad I carried on because after this episode, I I think I sent you an, a message saying I mm. I'm 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 having some anxious. <laughs> I'm I'm quite I'm feeling quite anxious. Yep. It's so fast paced and the the characters, you know, the the dialogue is so quick and you know we have mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. uh we have the characters kind of talking all over each other and um not really getting along there's there's a big disconnect between all the characters and um it's tough the first episode i think and it carries on like that you just have to get used to the pace because you know uh richie played by ibn moss bakarak he's just giving so much shit to kami uh in this episode and it's just and there's no you just go like can i handle this and in a way it does make you Mm. feel like being in a kitchen because being in a kitchen is not fun is stressful and uh, yeah. it just keeps you on your toes and I think the first episode is you know one that you have to go through and then start enjoying the rest but it never stops yeah it kind really, of never but, stops this kind of feeling of uneasiness yeah but it sets up like by the end of episode one you can see that the dynamic is like Carmi and Sydney are kind of together not yeah. together together but like yeah they are moving in the same direction Richie's moving in the opposite direction from them yeah Marcus is just kind of lives in his own world yeah but i love um, him i think it's, I, I don't know he's just so yeah just evolves so well in this in this season yeah um almost maybe an element of like neurodiversity to to marcus his portrayal he yeah gets very focused on certain things um he's a beautiful precious boy either way yeah and i think i think when he's in the scene you have like oh you can breathe for a second yeah um and he's not really for against anyone he just kind of he really you can tell he really respects Kami and he wants Kami to to kind of um lead him on uh you got uh and Tina is dead set against anything new and certainly can't stand Sydney and um Sydney and Kami one of the most beautiful elements of the first so we weren't talking too much detail about the, the episodes two through six kind of show these conflicts continuing but certain characters thawing a little bit like and Tina in particular as she comes to appreciate Sydney and see yeah. the, what you know the professionalism that Sydney wants to bring to the restaurant mm-hmm. uh, Tina starts to really get behind which makes yeah. it all the more difficult in episode seven review mm-hmm. where it um it falls apart yeah <laughs> everything falls apart yeah uh, episode six has a sequence where Sydney is making this risotto dish and um she Carmi tells her it's not ready and in a kind of fit of um ego she gives it to a customer yeah uh, and that customer ends up being a reviewer a film critic so that risotto gets reviewed as if it's on the menu yeah um 
which sets off episode what is one of the things that sets off episode seven episode seven is this is this perfect bit of filmmaking where it opens with a credit sequence we've already talked about why that yeah. is uh we then get Sufjan Stevens Chicago being played with over this over these credits which is a beautiful gorgeous song mm-hmm. uh and then it goes into the episode it's the shortest episode of the season it barely reaches 20 minutes yeah and the, all of it after the opening credits is done in one long take as we see um a, a disastrous morning in the beef where everything falls apart yeah because this review this review immediately gives richie something that he can just go at sydney over um sydney also has gotten to set up a a, a Take sort of takeaway ordering oh. system like a Just Eat Uber Eats type system. Yeah. And she's accidentally left the pre-order option open, so they turn it on in the morning and immediately like a hundred tickets for various meals come that. out. Carmi starts to completely lose it. Yeah. And um everyone's going on in Sydney. She ends up doing um uh punchicate on <laughs> on uh, cousin Richie. Um and she stabs uh, quits. his bottom. Yeah. She quits, Marcus yeah. quits because he and it, you do get frustrated at Marcus in this episode because, like, it's all falling apart and they yeah. have, like, 80 slices of chocolate cake to get ready and he's just working on these donuts still that he's trying to get perfect. Yeah. And um, Carmi loses his temper with him. Carmi loses his temper with Sydney. The, the scene breaks my heart where Marcus walks through the restaurant with this tray of, um, like, cinnamon buns he's made and he just throws them down on a table yeah. and then sits down and it's like, oh, you, you precious boy. Um, and... Yeah, it's and the most heartbreaking bit of the episode for me is where um, Tina's trying to be pally with Sydney, and because of the day that's happening, Sydney kind of brushes yeah. Tina aside, and it's horrible. But then in the next episode, which where Bracioli, where everything kind of, or you you can tell me how to pronounce that word. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Bracioli. 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 What does that mean? What the bracciole is is a pork, isn't it? Is it, is it, I don't know. It's like pork steak, bracciola. Oh, bracciola. Cool. Well, that's the name of the final episode of the season, for whatever reason. Um, And there's a bit where Tina comes in and she's dressed professionally in the apron in the way that she'd been fighting against doing earlier in the season, but Sydney yeah. wanted, and now she's, and Sydney's left and Tina's trying, and it's just, oh, it's, you know, gorgeous and wonderful. Um, and basically, the season ends with them discovering that uh, Michael had been putting money aside, uh, paying money to KLB every month. Carmi uh, can't work out why. Eventually, we realised that the tomato tins that were too small are too small because Michael had been opening them, depositing cash in, who knows why, and resealing them, and they all have KLB printed on the underside. And the, the season ends with them discovering that this huge amount of cash is um, there, ready and waiting, and this, the, the, the beef is going to be reopened as the bear, and that's going to be season two. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty that, good stuff, right? Yeah, episode seven. You kind of feel <sighs> like it's a dream. And I, I was hoping it would be a dream. Differently from succession, I want these people to succeed. Yeah, and even, I even want, when they're acting horribly. Even when they act, I want them you know, because you just fall in love with them. And even even if they're diff- they're hard to love, you know, you, you find out why they are the way they are. Especially Richie, I think is so misunderstood. And you just want them to succeed. And in this episode, everything just falls apart. And you hope that this is just a dream. Kami's having a bad dream. And at the end of the episode, he's going to wake up and everything is going to be all right. But it is not a dream. <laughs> it is real, and it's it's a nightmare. It's it's 
it's a nightmare and those tickets keep you know the pre-order tickets keep just like coming through and they never stop and it's just so tense it's a incredible yeah. episode and there's a there's a Wilco song called uh, Spiders Brackets Kid Smoke that is about ten minutes long and it runs under like the entire second half of the episode and I think it's a live version, and it's not a really really aggressive song but the guitars do keep building in it and it just it mm. all just comes it's like a symphony, um yeah that's a beautiful episode of television yeah truly yeah um so the music the, the music. soundtrack yes. is like. This show would be good without it, but with it, it makes it almost perfect. Yeah. Like the choices of music in the show are so good. Like the needle drops here are all time needle mm. drops. We've already t- we already talked about New Noise, a Refuse song. That first episode also has Via Chicago, a Wilco track in it when uh, Kami is talking to his sister, and it just brings the like the mood is that it's up there mm. because of the the Refused song and everything that's been going on. And then he's talking to his sister. They're talking about the loss of their brother. And that Wilco song perfectly resets the energy mm. and brings you into that scene. It's just great. Uh, you got Rage Against Machines in there. I think the second episode ends with uh, Animal, the Pearl Jam song, playing over the credits. Mm. Um, when Kami discovers the cash at the end of the final episode, Let Down by Radiohead starts to play. Mm. Um, like at every point when a song starts to play, either you don't know the song and it's perfect anyway, or you do yeah. know the song and you're like, this is the exact right choice for this moment. Like it is so well curated, the music in this season. Um, my favourite highlight being that that refused track in the first episode. What what would be your highlight? Of the music? Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably the one that y- you you love. Oh, yeah. That one. It's hard to, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, There's I think that's the best. Can, uh, Who is it? Is, is the it? Best. It is um, refused. Yes, I think that kind of yeah. gives starts the energy of what's going to happen next, and I think that's a great choice. Agreed, agreed completely. Um, anything else you want to mention about it? I've got something else for us to do, but um, before we get to it, is what anything you'd like to uh, discuss? Well, there's there's a there's an episode with the children's birthday party, which is quite fun, and um, oh, and they all give them Xanax. So Wednesday. yeah, in episode <laughs> episode uh, four, um, Kami and Richie have to cater um, a party for Chichiro who has uh, helped them with money, and uh, they get spiked with the Xanax, and. Um, it's quite funny to see lots of kids in Xanax with Xanax, but I think there's a there's a funny bit with a hot dog. Is that is that is that the episode with the hot dog where they try to put the hot dog in the car? Um. Yeah. Car, me and yeah, Richie yeah, yeah, try yeah, to yeah. put the hot dog in the car. <laughs> just, just. Like a, it's are, like a massive. Yeah, and it's just there are some like it's such a tense show, but there are some really funny, warm bits. And when they have family, you know, when they have food together, it feels like a family, and uh, it's it's just really. Oh, it's such a good show. It's just a really great show that gives you lot all the feels. Yeah. It really truly does. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. But yeah. What's next? Well, so I was thinking about this episode and I was thinking, well, we're gonna talk about all the stuff we like and we'll talk about the music and some trivia and things. And I was like, but you know, we still might it, I'd I'd like to have something else to, to do. Yeah. So I turned to the hottest <laughs> ticket of the moment, 
Chat GPT. Oh, Chat GPT. Chat GPT. Uh, yeah, still free. So it's Chat GPT being uh, a, an AI live language model that can mm. uh, help you creatively with endeavors. Um, I asked it to write a scene from the bear. And it then wrote about a teddy bear uh, in a forest. Okay. And I finally managed to work out that I didn't realise this. ChatGPT has a knowledge cutoff point of 2021 because uh, it's not allowed to access the internet due to okay. fears surrounding. What if it takes over the world, right? Mm. So um, it, all its knowledge it has is like exists in a, in a closed loop uh, sort of thing. So I gave it this prompt instead. I wrote... Write a five-minute scene from an episode of a fast-paced comedy show set in a stressful and aggressive sandwich shop in Chicago. Your characters are Carmi, head chef, Richie, mm-hmm. manager, Sydney, sous chef, Marcus, pastry chef, and Tina, line cook. Okay. And we're going to do a dramatic reading of what <laughs> it came back with. <laughs> Great. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Good. Which characters so, are... Who's who? So I'll do the stage directions and okay. um I mean I'll be Carmi. Do yeah. you wanna be Richie? Yeah. Um do you wanna be Sydney as well? Okay. And I'll be I'll be uh, Marcus and Tina. Okay. We don't have to do okay, like so accents, do we? I'm terrible at accents. Well, I can barely No, you can just say own. the name you can say the name of the character before okay. you uh, Read their lines if you want. Okay. So as a reminder, the prompt I gave ChatGPT was, right, a five-minute scene from an episode of a fast-paced comedy show set in a stressful and aggressive sandwich shop in Chicago, and then told it the characters. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Everyone get ready? Three, two, one. (laughs) Yeah. The sandwich shop is buzzing with activity as Carmi, a no-nonsense head chef, passionately orchestrates the chaos. Richie, the slightly overwhelmed manager, (laughs) tries to keep up with the fast-paced environment. Sydney, the cool and collected sous chef, calmly prepares ingredients. Marcus, the eccentric pastry chef, concocts whimsical (laughs) creations. And Tina, the energetic line cook, scrambles to assemble sandwiches. Uh, Carmi. Richie, what's with this pathetic excuse for a turkey club? It's supposed to be the best damn club in Chicago, not some limp mess. Richie. Nervously. I'm sorry, Carmi. I'll fix it right away. Sydney saunters over, assessing the situation with a raised eyebrow. Uh, that's Sid- well. Sydney. Carmi, let's not get overboard. We're not running a Michelin star restaurant here. Carmi. Oh, forgive me, Sydney, for expecting some semblance of quality in our sandwiches. Uh, Marcus. Hey, guys, look what I whipped up rainbow uni- <laughs> unicorn macarons. Carmi and Sydney exchange an exasperated glance. Carmi, Marcus, we're not running a circus-themed bakery. Stick to the menu, Marcus. But Carmi, these macarons will bring joy to people's lives. Tina, rapidly slapping condiments onto a sandwich, <laughs> chimes in. Tina, yeah, Carmi, who doesn't want to eat a unicorn macaron? It's fun. Carmi, we're not here to have fun, Tina. We're here to make the best damn sandwiches in Chicago. <laughs> Sydney tries to defuse the tension. Sydney, all right, all right. Let's focus, people. We have a line out the door and hungry customers waiting. Carmi regains his composure and rallies the team. Carmi, fine, Marcus, you can have your unicorn macarons on the specials board. Tina, pick up the pace. Richie, keep those orders flowing. Sydney, you're my rock, as always. <laughs> the team nods in agreement, refocused on their tasks. Tina, you've got it, Carmi. I'm going to make these sandwiches sing. Marcus, and I'll make them dance with my magical macarons. Carmi <laughs> rolls his eyes but can't help but crack a smile. Carmi, 
Just make sure they taste good, Marcus. No amount of rainbows can save a bland sandwich. They all laugh, momentarily <laughs> relieving the tension. The team quickly returns to their work, their passion and dedication driving them forwards. Fade out. Okay. What do you mean? <laughs> it is not the bear, is it? No, it is the bear. You've got Richie, you've got Carmi, you've got Sydney, Marcus and Tina. I thought Richie had more lines. I should have given you um, Yeah. Marcus. You took all the lines, I George. It, I know, I didn't realise. I thought that Richie, I assumed Richie was like a main character in my play. But he's not. <laughs> he's the manager. I assumed the manager would have more lines. Um... Yeah, that, that's great. I think in a world that's currently suffering through a Hollywood writer's strike, uh, this is a perfect example of why uh, writers yeah. are pretty important. They are definitely important. <laughs> is that still going on? Yeah, oh yeah. I think the actors are about to strike next as well, so it's not um, showing any time, any signs of stopping. Mm. Um, yeah. I hope, I hope it does stop uh, because the writers must be... I mean, they've been on strike for a long time now. It's not an easy... Uh, thing to give up money like that um, and they deserve a better deal so I hope they get it sooner rather than later and we don't have to face a future where ChatGPT is writing our um, well, comedy Well, I think that's pretty outstanding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, is. Especially, especially yeah. The, the macaroons. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, I think we'll do more chat GPT fun in, in the future. Yeah, I think so. Free. Yes. Um, yeah, I told it to write an episode of The Office without any jokes. Um, yeah. Which uh, was it just turns into, let's see if I'm going to find it. Uh, yeah, write an episode of The Office with no jokes, and it's all stuff like, uh, Michael, serious tone. All right, everyone, I've called this meeting to address some concerns. We've noticed a decline in productivity and a lack of communication lately. We need to refocus and find ways to improve. Dwight, agreed, Michael. We should establish clearer guidelines and accountability measures. We need to step up our game. It's just like that for five minutes of just like people just being like, I, I want to make sure you feel supported in your role. And I'm here to, it's, it's very um, dry. But then it ends in the same way that Bear one does with, the office buzzes with a sense of renewed purpose and camaraderie as the employees work together towards a shared goal. Fade out. Um, and then I told it to write an episode of The Office with, with only jokes and no yeah. story and it just wrote like a joke competition and stuff like alright Michael alright everyone let's get this joke math and started we're going to laugh until our sides hurt Jim I'll kick things off why don't scientists trust atoms Pam I don't know Jim why Jim because they make up everything everyone laughs Dwight smirking alright Jim let's see if you can handle this one how do you catch a squirrel Jim I don't know Dwight how Dwight climb a tree not like a nut laughter fills the room <laughs> it just goes on like that for a while. <laughs> that was pretty good. And then I was like, I tried um, write an episode of The Office where jokes being keep being set up, but there is never a punchline. And I really like this one because it's the joke marathon again. Yeah. Uh, so Michael, excitedly, all right, everyone, it's time for the ultimate joke competition. Get ready for a laugh riot. Jim, grinning. I've got a great one for you, Michael. Why don't scientists trust atoms? Pam, eagerly. Why, Jim? Jim, you know what? Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> Dwight, I'll give it a shot. How do you catch a squirrel? Jim, you know what, Dwight? Let's keep that one a mystery. <laughs> I'm sure it's better that way. Michael, okay, okay, here's one for you. Why did the Scarecrow win an award? Pam eagerly, why, Michael? Michael, you know what? I think it's best if we leave that one unresolved. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Pretty yeah, good I mean, stuff. yeah. Chat GDP. Uh, 
Yeah, it's gonna take. It's gonna kill us all one day. But for now, it's a fun little gimmick. Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah. So, so ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, mm. the bear season one. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. The best thing. Yeah. Um. Can't wait for season two. What 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 are your predictions for season two? Um. Well, I feel like an unresolved element is that Oliver Platt is owed all this money, and it feels like the excuse me, the money they found in the tomato tins is about equal to the amount of money that they owe Oliver Platt. But they've obviously obviously decided to spend the money on, um, it, you know, redoing the the beef into the bear. Yeah. So. Is he still going to be sniffing around wanting his money to be paid back? You know, mm. how is that storyline going to continue to play out? And is there going to be any drama about the fact that he that Carmi has decided to spend this money on on a new restaurant and not just uh, paying off debt? Mm. So that's in, I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued to see you know, and I want to know why, like he's spent this money on redoing the restaurant, but why was Michael hoarding it? What and it, well, we found out like why did Michael end his life? Mm. And leave this, you know, money for Kami. Like, what, what, why did he do this? What was the plan? So, I'm, 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 I want to see all of that stuff play out. Pretty, yeah. Pretty eager to see that. Uh, and that's kind of it. Like, um, I want to see more of all of the characters. Um, and just, I'm, I, and, and I'm intrigued to see if there's going to be another episode, like episode seven. Not, not, not like one long take episode, but like an episode that feels unique and, um, mm. And sort of like a centerpiece for the season in the way that episode yeah. seven was a was a bit of a centerpiece for season one. What what are your hopes and dreams? Get to know the characters a little bit more. We've had the little mm-hmm. some snapshots in uh, season one where we find out in a way that Kami did not just go back to the beef because he wanted to save it. Is also his life was quite stressful as a mm. um, chef. And he was getting yeah, bullied yeah, yeah. quite a lot in his restaurant and the stress uh, was, you know, was kind of getting to him. Same with Sydney. You know, she wants to be a chef, but also the, the she hasn't got, she didn't have in restaurants maybe the um, the space to evolve as a chef and also the stress of like mm-hmm. waking up early in the morning and going back late at night. And, uh, you know maybe a bit more development of character in that sense outside of the the bear, the beef. Mm-hmm. Or finding out a little bit more about them. Yeah. yeah. Since this was a prologue, maybe we'll, we are going to like have a little bit more uh, about the characters and uh, why they are the way they are. Like Richie, why is he the way that he is? We, we, we have learned a little bit about Richie though in season one, a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Will he get stabbed in the bottom again? Ah, well... Pinchicate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm I'm interested to know if they're going to change the menu. If the menu is going to be, you know, if it's going to be just sandwiches or they're going to like make a, you know, evening menu where they're going to serve other food. I think food. they said, because I rewatched the, I rewatched the last episode of season one and they talk about doing a family style dining and then a window at the side for sandwiches. So I'm assuming mm. they're going to expand the menu. Yeah. Uh, does, that, does that mean bringing in new staff? Oh, who knows? Mm. Interesting. Well, I just hope they retain the sense of realism and sort of grit that was in season one as well. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the main the main thing for me. Have you... And I can't wait to see what songs are in season two. Yes. 
Have you had any, um, have you heard or seen any reviews of season two because it's already out in the, the States? The A, the AV club gave it an A and said it was amazing, but I didn't okay. read the review. I just looked at the score. Um, but it sounds like it's a good, a good season. So that's all I needed to know. Yeah. Looking forward mm. to watching it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you've mm. enjoyed hearing about the bear. If you haven't watched the bear, go and watch it. What are you doing? Um, and, uh, that's episode 111 and, yeah. um, we'll be back. Let's see. We'll be back next week with another culture catch up episode 112, uh, where I will be talking to you about, uh, Oh, uh, Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. You'll hear my review of that in the, in the next episode. Um, <laughs> uh, hope I'm, I'm excited. I hope it's good. Yeah. Um, I really want to watch it. And uh, what else is coming? Probably some other things, uh, but that'll be the big one, Indiana Jones um, and the Dial of Destiny. And then episode 113, our next special, is going to be our top five Taylor Swift albums. Yes. Yeah. It's me. Hi. <laughs> I'm Deborah. Uh, yes. So I need, to do so I need to do some Taylor Swift listening to get rid of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the bear season two will be here and we'll, we'll talk about that. So there's a lot of good stuff coming over the next few episodes for all of you. Uh, please do keep sticking with us, go and rate and review us, tell your friends about us, listen to us everywhere you can. Um, buy us a coffee if you'd like links for that in our link tree, which you can find in the show notes and, uh, yeah, see you next time. Love you so much. Thank bye, you. Bye, bye.